everyone and welcome back to yet another exciting conversation with girls. Today I have an amazing individual who will be speaking to us on everything finance. It is such an honor to be back here again. I would appreciate your comments and your opinions in the chat session. Please let us know what you think about this. Jessica, please introduce yourself to my very amazing listeners. <laughs> Hi guys, my name is Jessica Wachiku moment audience i've been wanting to do this for some time now but fortunately or let me say uh, i won't say unfortunately but fortunately um due to covid it's probably gonna be um this way on the phone so yeah i'm really honored to be here with you today yeah so let's talk guys this conversation is over the phone so there'll be a little bit of some background sound please pardon us we hope that we'll make this as smooth as possible Jessica, thank you so much for coming on here to speak to the general audience, my general audience on finance and money, which is very, very crucial. However, the first thing that comes to mind in terms of money and finance is, is there a particular way to actually structure out your money in terms of income and your expenditure? Okay. Um... I think this is pretty much um, a question that a lot of people um, face or have to at some point answer um, a way of structuring your income and expenditure. Of course, there are definitely ways to um, structure how you spend money and how you make money. It's as simple as that. Um, as much as possible, um, it has a lot to do with your discipline, or most, most importantly, your psychology of money, what you think about money and how you feel about money. Uh, some people have the opinion that money would always come, so they feel like they, whenever they find money in their account or they are able to come in contact with some funds, they spend it however they choose and expecting the next one to come. However, some people are pretty much frugal when it comes to their finances. So um, they have when they have money, they try as much as possible to put it to good use. Um, you know that would yield them much more um, money, and it goes on and on like that. So psychology of money is very important when it comes to structure on how you want to spend and how you want to receive money. So for a start out, I would just really advise that one should have um, an expense manager in terms of an app that actually helps you monitor where and where your money goes to. And obviously, um, you know, you have to input your total income and amount and know that you have a budgeting tool that assists you in what percentage goes to what and what percentage goes to what, right? So um, budgeting apps are very much available on different app stores and play stores as well. Oh, so cool. you can use Find Reach or, yeah, so there's Expense Manager, there's Find Reach, there's a whole lot of them that helps you monitor where your money is going to be. So it gives you that financial discipline to be able to, yeah. So that financial discipline is there to be able to understand how your money psychology is and also understand how your money goes out of your pocket. So basically, yeah, that's one of the ways that you can structure what you do with your money and how you spend your money as well. Absolutely. So I, I hear you that you mentioned something about having an app and, you know, keeping track with funds. But don't you think, okay, so I, I, I probably will be speaking for my own self when I say that keeping up with a spreadsheet sometimes can be daunting in, in the sense that I've had this spreadsheet that I've been trying to keep. And sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, do I have to go back to this spreadsheet, you know, update it with what I've just spent now? Except it's like major, major um, expenditure that I've made in terms of I have to spend XYZ amount of money that I feel is a large chunk from my savings. Then I feel a need to go to this spreadsheet to update it. Do you think that that is wrong? Well, um, I think, like I said, it has a lot 
to do with discipline and psychology, right? If you feel um, uncomfortable taking into um, cognizance every five naira or 500 naira that leaves your account, it just ends up building up to so much that has, you know, gone. So there's a psychology where you feel like the little money really doesn't matter and don't count. But they do initially. Like, they always, always do actually, not just me. They do. Because at the end of the day, when you sit down to do that calculation in that month overall to see how much of that little money is gone, you realize that a chunk of it is actually gone. And it's going to keep eating into your finances if there's no discipline on whatever funds that come in. Mm. So you should be what are the advices as much as possible. Pay attention to that little money that goes out. That's even the most important bit because most times you can account for the huge chunk of money that leaves yeah. your account because you know that's a huge fund. Mm-hmm. But you see the little ones are where the difficulty comes in. If you sit down at the end of the day and you're not able to determine where those little ones had gone to, that's where the challenge is. But you definitely will always be able to determine where the big ch- chunk of money uh, you know currently Goes is too. Yeah. so like I said I always advise people yeah I always advise that you know it's important to have that record make sure that whatever app you're using in terms of managing your funds or checking your funds um, you know is able to give you the opportunity to put in that little money and check it so this is definitely going to help because at the end of the day you want to know how much you could save what costs what takes most of your funds at the end of every month and Absolutely. how much savings you could make if you had done an alternative to that exactly sure so it's very important the little ones are more important honestly than the bigger ones to be honest sure sure absolutely That's just how it but works. but if if you're saying that keeping keeping a track record with your expenditure and you know updating all of this in terms of what what you spend and what you get in is there a particular formula to tracking how much should be spent maybe on a monthly on a weekly basis is there any formula that anyone should be following to the letter what what, what are your thoughts on that um personally although there is something we call the uh, 50 30 20 principle but i usually would advise that um if you want to start investing or saving, that's one of the rules that you could um, start with to live by in terms of how to manage your money, right? However, I usually would think that um, personally, you determine how you want to invest or save or what principles you want to follow. Okay. Um, there are some people that could tweak the 50, 30, 20 rule in such a way that they, they, they decide to spend 60% uh, say forty percent, you know, depends on your needs and wants. Sorry, Some can you can you really? As much. So sorry to cut you off. Can you really tell us what the fifty uh-huh. is for, what the thirty is for, and what the twenty exactly for listeners who haven't heard this for or are just hearing this for the first time, so that they actually do understand what the fifty is in terms of the breakdown that you're giving. Okay, so the 50-30-20 rule is more of there's a basic rule of thumb that actually is used for budgeting. It's an easy way to budget your funds, where 50% of your total income goes towards your needs. And your needs, I mean things that are necessity, like for you to survive, not necessarily um, things that are just a luxury. Exactly. So 30% of that um, total income goes to your wants. These are wants that, you know, you know you can live with that, however... it's just necessary for life to, you know, to be enjoyed, right? Mm-hmm. And then the 20% of the total income goes towards your savings or investment or currently have outstanding debts. So usually the 50-30-20% rule just works in that way. It's just a rule of thumb when it comes to budgeting and making funds available for different things. So you know 50% is apportioned towards anything you need, like your electricity bills, which are very compulsory, Mm -hmm. your water bills, your feeding, Mm -hmm. you know, your transportation. You know that most of things are necessity for you to actually continue working or continue living and surviving. However, your wants are probably some things of luxury that you decide to, you know, give to yourself, maybe at a particular point in time, but not necessarily in need. And then your savings are very important, obviously. For every month, every income you generate, there should be a portion of it going to savings, which in the this particular rule of thumb, it says 20%. What I was trying to explain um, earlier was that um, some people actually tweak in such a way that suits them. Some people 
decide that instead of 60 50% of my needs, I'd rather do um, 40%. Sometimes it's pretty hard to reduce your need um, measurement, but it depends on what your needs are. You may not actually be able to apportion the left percent of the work. However, you can decide to tweak it in such a way you can do 30 your needs, depends on your wants, and it depends on you. But if you're a starting out um, person, like you're just starting out to budget and to manage your funds of finances, it's advisable to follow the 50-30-20% percent rule rather. So you can do that until you're more comfortable to adjust more towards your investments and savings than other things. So that's a start, you know, rule of thumb for especially anybody starting out with uh, budgeting and investments too. Okay. Great. Thank you for breaking that down. I know that when it comes to money matters, guys, it's a bit more serious. <laughs> like the conversation is not a smiley conversation because when it comes to money, you even when people even when people ask you for money sometimes <laughs> the way your face will turn or change, you'll be like, ah, it's just money. But yeah, I, I know that when it comes to money matters, it's such a big deal. And that's why I I want us to talk about the pandemic and how things have just you know changed we've had such an interesting 2020 <laughs> and how things have been for a lot of people in terms of their finance and i to, to think about it I, I just remembered a story that my friend shared with me very recently and he was saying to me how his company had to let some people go and certain people had to go down with a reduction in salary to a particular percentage till the company was able to come back uh, i think post lockdown and how people were able to survive on that very little percentage and to think that this is the same set of people who at some point in their life felt like oh my salary is too small i can never save on it so <laughs> what would your thoughts be to in terms of general savings and what the pandemic has done for people in terms of job loss and even reduction in pay? Well, um, honestly, I feel like um, this pandemic has really exposed um, a lot of um, financial um, indiscipline. And that's just the honest truth about it, right? Um, I feel like the pandemic has really made us understand the importance of emergency funds mm-hmm. and, you know, things ahead of unforeseen situations. So I feel like um, it's very much exposed that and many people are aware that it's, it's, it's a necessity. It's actually almost like the most important bit of, you know, making money. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like um, whatever you earn, really, if you can start saving with as little as you currently have and as little as you can, then the financial discipline grows from there. And before you know it, you want to earn more so that you can save and invest more, right? Mm-hmm. So what what currently we, we can see happening right now is there are people in different categories that are affected by this pandemic. There are some people now that have to work from the house and they have to, you know, digitally be operating from the home mm-hmm. spaces, which means that their current expenditure when it comes to transportation has really gone low, which yeah. brings them enough funds to actually save if their, their salaries are still the same. However, there are other people who have been let go by their company due to the shrinkage and, of course, due to the um, global pandemic mm-hmm. you know, situation. So, and, you know, these categories of people have, uh, you know, different um, current financial situation. So, you, if, if as a person, um, you already have emergency savings, you probably will be thanking God right now that you did because you feel like, yeah, um, you know, uh, I can take care of the next three months, I can take care of the next six months. And by the way, emergency funds are funds you set aside from your salary usually we advise that emergency funds should be about six months three to six months of your actual salary per month so it's something that you need to set aside in an accessible investment vehicle mm-hmm. where you know that should there be any unforeseen situation like the covid pandemic it's easy to reach yeah. you understand what i mean so so, so this emergency possible, fund this emergency so, fund should just be sitting down in an account or it can actually be generating interest somewhere else i honestly i'm not a kind of person who advised to leave money sitting in your account because guess what the bank is going to use it to invest into other businesses the bank is in the business of getting interest income and a whole lot of other income with your 
fund. So it's free fund sitting in the account for them to be used and make money. So I usually would advise that um, if you if you actually want to have emergency funds, it should be in something that is very accessible. However, it's generating you income, however small the income is, right? But it's very much accessible. That's the one number one criteria because it's called emergency funds. So should there be an emergency health situation, global pandemic like we currently experience right now, or anything at all, you currently would have this, um, what's it called? This uh investment returns or the investment itself to be able to take care of at least six months of your living expenses because you had put that in there already you understand what i mean so yeah. no it shouldn't be sitting in an account um just sitting in an account it should actually be in an investment vehicle you could do mutual funds you could do treasury bills you could do a whole lot of other investments that are pretty much accessible within a very short period of time so yeah it should not at all be sitting in an account because that's where your depreciation comes to play inflation is eating away your money and you're definitely not even making anything worthwhile to be honest sure sure and and i'm i'm glad that you actually mentioned inflation and how it can affect monies that are just idle in people's savings account because the interest that your savings account accrues over a period of time if you invest that money that money that is supposedly your savings it will yield you better interest than just sitting down in a savings account right yeah and and the fact that post pandemic right and we've had a lot of uh-huh. issues with people swindling people of their hard-earned money <laughs> because everyone is thinking, uh-huh. where can I put my money now? You know, how can I make this money yield better interest for me? And then there's been quite a lot of businesses that have sprung up from nowhere and you're asking yourself, oh, wow, um, they are going to double my money in 24 hours. <laughs> And and and, st- and stuff like that. So so it's a bit scary because you see people literally walk walk into those kind of investments without asking the necessary questions. I just want to know from your own perspective, what would you say are the necessary things that people should be asking when it comes to investing their monies, their hard earned monies, into this kind of businesses? Okay. So, um, this is pretty much like the, you know, very popular MMM that we used to have. It just MMM. totally sounds like that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are still licking the wounds of this particular <laughs> pyramid scheme. But yeah, it's, it's pretty much a point to actually think that, um, you know, you don't have a clear idea what businesses these people are into and you know um you invest your money because you want to get quick returns investments Mm -hmm. are meant to actually be slow and steady in terms of the returns it's very advisable to not be greedy with returns um whatever you want to invest in be sure that it's something that you can explain the investment you know you can explain the total investment to a five-year-old or an eight-year-old and the person would understand what you're talking about Mm -hmm. if it's not that way then um it honestly isn't something that you might want to put your money into. Uh, Warren Buffett will always say that invest in what you know or what you understand. It's, mm-hmm. it's a very important investment. Key, you know, key things to have at the back of your mind. You want to invest in something that you pretty much understand the business process mm-hmm. or you understand, um, you know, what what is going on with your funds or how they, you know, use your funds. There are a lot of people out there that are trying to get your money and of course promise you heaven on earth and all whatnot yeah. to make money out of you and that's the end of it you never see these persons again a rule of thumb would be advice that you uh, invest in companies that are registered not just registered with um with um you know any registration company or not just registered with the normal registration uh, company that you know or mm-hmm. registration process you know, but also has some for, some form of um, um, regulation they are regulated by either the CVN Security and Exchange Commission or some financial body in Nigeria that's you know recognized yeah. that's one important rule of thumb when it comes to investing your had and money except you know the money is not something you really mind you know giving to uh, anyone just anyone i don't think anybody i don't think anyone who has worked for their money would literally see someone and say take i don't need it anymore (laughs) except it's charity or you know or or just share 
she just the abundance of your heart that you say take this money i don't need it anymore i don't think anyone who worked nine to five or seven to four or whatever hours of work that you put in would literally go and tell someone you know what because you say you're doubling this money i don't care where how you're doubling it but just take my money and you know if you don't bring it back i'm okay with it <laughs> i don't think anyone would do that nobody i don't think anyone would do so too yeah i don't think but but it's a bit scary and and i think one of the things that people should always look out for is the fact that this business or this particular thing has doubled mr a's money does not mean that he would double mr b's money and you will get your money back the fact that mr a got his money back after he was doubled does not mean that you mr b put your money now will get your money back i think that's something people need to really pay very close attention to and understand what product that is being sold i i I think a lot of people make that mistake of just putting their money into any random thing don't put your money based on emotions because your friend or your family is doing something that you think you must support it is your money if if it's your money you should be careful about it because at the end of it all it's it's this money that you you can use to solve a lot of problems even that family member that is probably supposed to help you double your money at the point when they need help and it's financial help that they need if your money is available you have your money available to help them (laughs) right so guess what you know you know what interesting thing right yeah, tell me. One interesting thing is uh, if you have, if they have, or if they need your money, I mean, like, if they're making so much money, 15%, 20%, why would they even want to tell you? <laughs> why would you say they right? want to tell you? So if honestly, yeah, because if honestly I'm making 20%, 30% every single month, I'll not tell you. I'm just going to be a millionaire, a billionaire one day <laughs> until you get me to find out what it is I'm doing. I you know? know yeah so it's, it's pretty logical it and it, it's so it's super scary too when people come up to you with those kind of, because we see a lot of amazing flyers just the other day we saw a flyer on certain businesses who were promising about 45 percent in and and i'm not saying 45 percent is not doable but i'm saying post pandemic and all that is going on you're promising somebody 45 percent in less than seven months well i i am questioning it because i'm like i don't know what business you're doing with my money and what's the what's the assurance that i have that before that seven month elapses um, we're not going to be crying a river together you know (laughs) so those are some of the things too that some of the things too that you get to think about when you want to invest your money but jessica i i know that there's been quite a lot of businesses that have sprung up during these times in terms of investing and i know that you have invested in some of them are there certain pointers that you will ask people to look for or certain areas you think you can direct them to on how to you know get interest on funds that are probably just sitting down in some account well um there's been quite a lot of um fintech springing up and some of them have um backings with some companies some insurance companies and some other regulated security and exchange com- um, um, uh, commission um regulations so yes yeah, so there are still quite a number of very good ones out there that are often financial services with good interest rates that are um pretty much uh comfortable above inflation rates currently that one could look at we have piggy vest which seems to be doing amazingly well since they started operation i think in 2018 or 2019 um they pretty much have different forms of investments um on their platform that are secure to of course a very good extent guys please do your due diligence sorry jessica i just wanted to point out (laughs) do your due diligence that you heard it on this podcast does not mean that it is 100 percent make sure that you always do your due diligence when you want to invest in on any platform at all okay jessica please over to you thank you very much for that i was gonna say the same 
the end of my conversation as a disclaimer that I am not going to be held responsible for whatever financial decision you decide to make. However, if I were in the position, uh, these are the investments that I would make or these are the platforms that I would trust to keep my funds in. Yeah. So, as I was saying, Piggyvest is one of them. Piggyvest offers, I think, between 8% to about 14-15% per annum or something, um, which is pretty much comfortable. They have a process where they allow you to be able to um, automatically um, invest on a daily basis or on, on Basis. So they do that auto debit, which actually helps with financial discipline. And we also have different other types. We have RiseVest, RiseVest. I think they are currently invested in real estate abroad, and also in stocks market abroad as well, and euro bonds. We also have other fintechs that assist you in, um, you know, narrow investments. We have Carbon, we have Overwood. There's quite a number of them, um, but these are the ones that I'm pretty much familiar with. The operations, but we also have some that allows you to invest in the stock market both locally and abroad in the U.S. stock market and Chinese stock market as well. So we have the likes of Bamboo, we have the likes of Trove, we have Trading Two One Two. We have different types that allows you to invest in different um, sectors. Depends on what you're interested in. So if you're looking at stocks or stock market locally, you can do um, either Trove or any of all those other wealth NGs also there that allows you to invest in um, the Nigerian stock market. If you look at a foreign stock market, you can look at Bamboo, Trove, um, as well as Trading to One Visa that allows you to invest abroad, of course, invest in dollars, which is currently the strongest currency globally. So yeah, these are fintechs that are currently available to us. However, these are what fintechs I would use. Uh, yours or what you would choose or decide to use is up to you so please as much as i mentioned them i'm going to go over what maurice said again do your due diligence before <laughs> putting your hand and money in any of these fintechs and if you're comfortable with your research found that then go ahead and invest however if you're not comfortable please do not invest in either of these fintechs i've just introduced today great so now that we've gotten all the serious talk out of the way let's come back home a bit (laughs) i want to talk about monies that you probably someone comes to you and says oh jessica please i need xyz amount i have a pressing need at home that i need to sort in your opinion how would you address or help that person well, um, for me, um, it typically depends on certain things, right? Um, it depends on certain things for me. What kind um, of things? A number of times, uh, it depends on, yeah, so one, one thing for me, it depends on who's asking. If I know the person is credible enough, or if I know that um, the person is someone that I probably have in the past known funds to and had obviously paid me ahead of time or done his best to return uh, my loan, and you know he's credit worthy basically i would consider that as number one tip number two i would also consider what these particular money or fund he or she is requesting for is to be used or to be put to use um, so are you saying that it's in your place sorry are you saying that it is in your place to find out why they need to borrow this money from you like you can't just you can they can't just say oh jessica i need two naira and you can say okay take two naira must you find out what the two naira is going to be used for would, would, <laughs> i think that uh, except you do not except for me except i don't i did not earn the money or i didn't work hard sit in an office do what I need to do for a couple of hours to earn that money. I would not ask. If I did earn that money, I would definitely ask because if you are bold enough to ask me for funds, you should be bold enough to tell me this is the what I I need it for. If you can't tell me what you need it for, obviously you know what my answer would be. Either I, I either either I, I either I give it to you. But I give you maybe ten percent of what you ask me for, and I understand or know that totally that fund is not returnable, or I don't. So mm. I don't think anybody can place a lien on your own money, you know, by asking you for it. If you are gonna ask me for it, as much as I want to know if you're credit worthy, I also want to know what the funds is put to. You'd be surprised when someone comes to you for money to buy maybe a hair or something, just mm-hmm. a luxury product that you know that it's never gonna come back. Yeah. Or things you just want to do for fun, or wants to make the society feel they are, are they've arrived, you know, something like that. 
So obviously for me, it's very key to find out what it is that this person wants to use the funds for, what the funds are directed at. If I know that the funds are directed at something pretty much productive, then by all means, I would do what I need to do. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Exactly. I, I, I know I kind of took you off your thought parts pattern when you were talking about people who borrow money and i dragged you to certain things when i asked you do you have to know do you still remember what your thought chill was before i dragged you off or i should just jump over to the next question oh no sure 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 so first of all like i was saying i'm gonna find out from you um i'm just gonna find out first of all if you're pretty worthy i'm also gonna find out what the funds are directed towards and then i'm gonna be sure that um you know you have a source of income and i need to confirm exactly when and getting the funds back because most of the times we don't ask when are we getting the funds back and then when it's uh, when it's uh, when we need it or you know when it's taking quite a lot of time then we start to ask and there's no there's no time confirmation i mean there's no agreement in that case it's just a verbal um you know saying if the person is credit worthy that has been ticked already i go ahead to make sure that i look at the other things that i'm ticking and then i make a decision from there so credit worthiness is number one number two is what the funds are being put into and number three is you know if the person when the person is going to pay me back and if the person is currently gainfully employed or something so, that, <laughs> so the person is not gainfully employed up. there's no money oh, for you <laughs> i'm sorry i probably will give you a certain percent of what you need oh wow and it depends on what you want to use it for to be honest yeah so if you tell me you want to start a business now and i pretty much know that you're very um investment savvy or you're very business savvy and it's some business i know you will thrive in by all means i'll provide you with what you need right however um if you're someone i know that you are credit worthy, although you have that there. You told me what you want to use money for. You want to use for business, but I also know that you're very frugal. Sorry, not frugal. The opposite of frugal. You're very, you know, you spend a lot mm-hmm. on unnecessary things. Mm-hmm. Then it, it's gonna help me know what I can give to you or what I cannot give. And I, I'm not afraid to say no. <laughs> Absolutely. All. I don't think anybody should be afraid to say no when it's your own money. You you so so there's this there's this um I think it's a meme that I see flying around that says you never know what it is for someone to give you money till you start to work for your own money. You know how people feel entitled? to i need money so they just ask you i need money and then when you don't give them what they want or maybe when you don't even give them anything at all they begin to look at you like "Mm," because she thinks she has it all and everything but people really do not understand that if i give you money i've given you money for let's use the the nigerian naira so if if i go to work every single day and i'm paid xyz amount at the end of the month if i give you xyz amount that means i went to work on a particular day with your name in mind saying today i'm going to work for you (laughs) so when i give you that particular sum it means that i went to work on maybe one day or two or three or however the amount is being splitted to say that on this particular day when i woke up from sleep and wore that nice dress i walked into that office with your name on my paycheck And I think people should get to understand that because half the time people think they're just entitled to it because maybe their family, maybe their friends, and they just feel like, oh, I can ask her for whatever and she will just, you know, give it to me regardless. So I, I think that's something we should all be on the lookout for. Never feel entitled to another man's money. It's It's not easy. Sometimes they are sleepy when they get to work. <laughs> and then exactly. some, and sometimes they, they have to take a lot of shit the whole day in terms of maybe a boss or a superior at work or maybe co-workers too. And they still go home and at the end of the month you ask them for money and generously they give you something. Don't feel entitled. I just thought I should put that out there. <laughs> Of course, great of course, of course, very important. so what what other 
attributes or other characters that you see in regards to when it comes to money issues that maybe might have happened to you personally or you've seen happen to other people that you you think you might want to share with us today well um well i think money has a way of you know making people change and i also think that um really making people change i think a friend of mine would argue that money has a way of bringing out the person that you are not necessarily change who you Mm, you are or something it's just that person that has been hidden inside of you (laughs) and then also money has uh there's a psychology behind money and a lot of people have different psychologies um behind um their money so i currently have a friend who she she's currently someone who feels that she should spend as much as possible on buying human hair mm-hmm. you know and done investing so it's just her style i mean it's just the way she likes to spend her money i also have friends who prefer looking absolutely good regardless of you know uh what time of the day it is or what they uh, you know what they've sacrificed mm-hmm. for looking that good and all of that so yeah so there's a priority for different persons i mean it, it varies from person to person Absolutely. You know, as much as possible, a lot of people want to have as much fun as they can, you know. But what I would simply say is, um, have as much fun as you can. I mean, you can only be young this once, right? Well, but you're low. Do it at the expense you're low. of your future. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you actually only die once, though. But you see, you can't actually do that at the expense of your future. You can do that quite all right, but make sure, absolutely sure, that it's not at the expense of your future self. It's not at the expense of your your future lifestyle, your future life. You know what I'm saying? So you have a way to balance both. And, you know, if you want to be a luxury person, by all means be, but make sure that you're earning enough to um, sustain your luxury and also to invest twice as much as you are spending on your luxury. So if you can do that, then absolutely fine. You understand what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it varies from person to person, like I said, the psychology of money. We have different friends in different categories of um, money habits. So yeah. it, it all depends on what your goals are as a person. Some people, they really don't want to have much. They just want to wake up in the morning, have food on their table, go where they are going to in peace, have a car they drive. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that lifestyle. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm just pointing out that there's absolutely nothing wrong with that kind of lifestyle. It is totally your prerogative exactly. to decide how you want to live life and enjoy it. Because guess what? We're all going to go someday without any single thing to our name. So it's important that people are even aware of that. As much as you go through life and through all of the huddles and you know challenges and the joy that comes with it too as well that you understand that whatever lifestyle that you choose for yourself in terms of your finances is totally up to you. I just felt I should say that very quickly for whoever is listening and is thinking, so are these people forcing me now to make some changes to savings? Savings is good. I I think for me, I'll, I'll just try to be very vulnerable now. It's the fact that I've been in a situation where I know that money could have changed things. Uh, I had a family member who was ill and needed hospital attention and maybe probably like proper medical care where they could have gotten the best of the best kind of services. But money was such a restraint at the time and thinking about it right now, it makes me, it makes me emotional in terms of how if I was okay enough financially would have helped that person get through the stage that they were in. So I, I'm not saying that you shouldn't save, but we're talking about cases whereby you have a loved one, a family member who probably needs some form of financial help that if you were in a position to do, you would be able to do and you know exceed that situation. But in a position where you have not taken care of your finance and you have not saved as much as you can, when there's a problem that needs to be settled in health, you are a bit restrained because you do not have the funds to cater for the problem or the issue at hand. Um, Yeah, so I just thought to share that. I feel better and lighter. (laughs) Uh, Jessica, back to you. So it's really, it's really actually something that, uh, yeah, like I said, emergency funds, you know, uh, they can never actually be overemphasized. And most of the time, 
we don't know what might happen today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to have that, you know, set aside because because of situations like this, you know, you can save a life with an emergency fund. It's very important to have it beside or just, just have it in an investment that's accessible. It's very, very important. Sure. By all means, if you can have more than six months, fantastic. I mean, if you are if you are someone who has lots of dependents, having more than six months of your basic salary in an investment vehicle as emergency fund is key. You can have more than six months, by all means, to do that. However, you can start with three months. Yeah. You know, yeah. From there. You can even so, start with yeah, one. I'm just, I'm just thinking for someone who is saying, but my one month yeah. salary is really, really tiny. Oh, not at once. Yeah. No. Yeah. You, you <laughs> can actually. Once. Of course, you cannot just put all your money. No, not at once. You can grow it with the twenty percent that you set aside for savings. That could be used towards that until you've been able to build up to the six months or three months however comfortable it is for you or you know whatever position you are in the family in africa there's something called black tap you have a you're responsible for most of your family members yeah so it's very important that you understand that as well so that you're not surprised when tomorrow a bill comes to you that oh this is your own portion of the you know of the money you're supposed to pay and all that mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so yeah so it's very important uh, it's a key thing in this part of the world we live in not just this part of the world everywhere you live in exactly. nothing is certain life itself is you know Pretty much, you could be walking down the road and you could get hit. And then you need funds to actually take care of yourself. You want to see people to go start a GoFundMe? How possible would that be? So it's important for you to actually have this money set aside bit by bit, as little as you can. No matter how small, it's a thousand naira, you can put 500, you can put on a regular basis. Make sure you put it towards that. You can put it in a, in a, in a safe until you're able to get maybe like 20,000 and then you can start putting that towards investments. So yeah, it is, it's, it's something that I feel should be key. Sure. Very key. Sure. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. I, I think we've literally talked about money so much today and I hope that we've been able to exhaust all that we had to say. Or oh, Jessica, do you have any other thing you want to add on before I ask you my very last question? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think I have anything else that we covered basically most of the finance-related um, questions. But of course, if, if, if you have any more questions for me, yes, I'll be glad to answer. Okay, great. So my very last question for you would be, what are the, try to be as vulnerable as possible if you can, but what are the money mistakes, money mistakes that you have made that you think someone can learn from and you would really want to share with someone who is listening today? Well, <laughs> as funny as this may have to sound, <laughs> as much as you know, this may sound funny. Many years ago, not so many years ago, actually, um, I invested in MMM. I think I was introduced to it Whoa. by some people. You know. <laughs> yeah, well, well. <laughs> <laughs> it's something we can. It's something we can laugh about right now. But I mean, trust me. It wasn't funny then, right? It. No, it wasn't funny. It was no way funny. Oh my I mean, goodness. like, you tell me about it, I'll be so angry with you that. Ah, I can imagine. It was so funny that, yeah, it was so bad that, you know, when we invested in it and, you know, we felt like we had gone with our money, they came back again to actually tell us to get your money out, you can put in this. You see, these people are very smart. You are know? you kidding? They're very smart. Oh, no, they are very smart. But did you, sorry, did and you get anything out? out? Did you get any? any minimum no. profit at all or you lost your profit your capital everything you see one interesting thing or intriguing thing about these kinds of um causes things is that when you put in something and you see that you've gotten you, you put in a little bit of money yeah. because you want to test the waters right yeah and you dip just the tip of your feet and then you see that you've been able to get back um the 15 percent as promised and 20 percent per month as promised yeah that's the point where you feel confident that you can even put in more and can only imagine in your mind how much more you would make if you put in so, so much, much more that much, right? That's true. So that's the point where you get trapped. Exactly. So for me, I think that was the point where I got trapped. But the first one I did was just a small bit of money I decided to test waters with. I got my money, but I think I got about 15% over what I initially put in. 
then that was the point where I felt like, okay, I could do more. And I can only imagine how much I could double, you know, what I could do. I think my financial sense at the time was pretty <laughs> primitive because I think <laughs> I was I was over-influenced by people, you know. And these mm. kind of things, they always have lots of people singing their praises. Like, yeah. I've gotten this, I've gotten that. Yeah. I know someone who has gotten it. I have did this. You can get this. I have received my alert yesterday. I can imagine. And, you know, yeah. So yeah. So, <laughs> so that's what oh, I'm I'm so sorry that I laughed initially because I know it's really painful to lose <laughs> money, but really, <laughs> I could not help myself. Oh. It's 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 I, really I, what sad. I usually tell myself, I, what I usually tell myself afterwards was, was, what was my consolation? What I convinced myself <laughs> was, I exchanged my money for knowledge because at this point in my life, right? Ain't no way I'm gonna make that kind of mistake anymore. <laughs> it was too expensive anyway. I can I imagine. Mean, the education was too expensive. I can imagine. <laughs> but nonetheless, oh, it's fine. I can laugh about it now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Any final okay. words for people? Any book you think you can recommend for people? Because I heard you talk about the the psychology of money and i know that's the title of a book any book you want to recommend to listeners that they can find help you know for starters or people who are advanced that can just maintain or develop or grow in the ways that they can okay so i currently have on my phone notes i have like a list of lots of books actually that i usually advise people to read um for starters i'd advise you to read a uh, smart money woman yeah uh, smart, smart money, money woman, woman. i love that book very old nigerian yeah yeah it's pretty explanatory it's more storytelling you enjoy it and you follow it so it's pretty much what you want to um, start reading. Another one you'd like to um, read is um, the Robert Kiyosaki one. Um, Rich Dad, Dad, Poor Dad. Dad. It's it's amazing. So I I have this comparison in my head. Sorry, I have this comparison in my head where I compare compare Smart Money Woman to Smart Money to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Like, I feel like Smart Money is oh, really? the African version for us of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I don't know why I have that comparison <laughs> in my head. But after I, like, literally, I think I read that book for the whole night. I stayed awake. Someone sent it to me and I stayed awake the whole night reading that book. It was really interesting. I think it's wow. in the way that the storytelling was so on point and i could it's very relatable yeah. like it would resonate with you in such exactly. a way that you're able to put yourself in all the characters so it was really good <laughs> yeah yeah uh, yeah it makes you actually live it like you could actually be living exactly in that and enjoy yeah it. So yeah that's that's the interesting part of it yeah so it's an everyday story. So that's the, one of the two books I think I recommend. I also recommend that you read um, The Power of Self-Discipline by Brian Tracy. It's okay. a very important book that actually helps you discipline yourself, um, you know, financially. It will help you manage your psychology. As much as you read The Psychology of Money, it's very important to have that book also. So those are four books. Um, there are a whole lot of other books that, you know, you can read and equip yourself financial with a lot of financial knowledge however i think these four are the starters you want to um start with right awesome thank you so much guys you've heard it from jessica And welcome back to Conversation with Girls. We have been speaking to Jessica Wachuku on Money Matters. And she shared quite a lot of insight with us. I was just asking her a question on how do you treat those people? Or what do you think about those people? Yes, those people who borrow money from us and then disappear or begin to give us an attitude. What do you think? Well, I, mean, I, think I like the way you are just saying. Hmm. I, think, I think, of course, I think judgment day is near. So, I mean, like, I, I know there, were, there was a particular year I know I lost a couple of monies to someone, and you know, today I wasn't able to get it back. 
Whoa. And most times when you lose those kind of monies, you lose the friendship as well because yeah. um, you feel like a person has no respect for your money or a person has no respect for the sacrifice or, you know, and what, what not. And the person stops speaking to you automatically. So um, for me now, what I've decided to discipline myself to do in is if any friend around me needs money that much and it's a dire need I see, I only give a certain percentage I know that I, I'm not, I don't mind not getting back mm. just so that I can keep the friendship and I, I can also make sure that my friend, you know, gets the help he or she um, may need, even though I'm not going to give you everything you demand or desire to, you know, loan from me. So for me, I think that has now been my discipline from the experience I've had loaning out money to people. So, but for those that are sitting my money and taking a, a taking a, a U-turn for my life, <laughs> judgment day is coming. Just be prepared. Anyway. I like the way so, you're taking yeah. me to church because most of the people who borrow money from us, they actually have excuses for why they suddenly turn on us or, you know, disappear or give us some disappearing acts with the, even with their attitude as well. They all have an, an excuse in the sense that they would either say, uh, the reason why I'm not speaking to you or the reason why I've kept quiet is because I don't have your money available right now and I know you're going to ask me if you see me or they say something like because I know I owe you money I don't feel comfortable coming to see you and they, they always do have an excuse. I feel like someone who respects your money, appreciates you providing that money available to them when they need it, will definitely sit and explain to you what he or she plans, how he or she plans to refund the money. That's in case the original plan for that he or she is not able to refund the money. I think communication is a very key, you know, it's very vital when it comes to these kinds of stuff. So say, for example, I've learned money from you to do something and I plan to pay you back next month. And prior to next month, I realize I'm not able to pay you back. I'm going to inform you before the deadline and let you know that, unfortunately, this is what the situation is. Mm. But please bear with me. This is how I am planning to repay you. And this, this, this is what I'm putting in place. Please, I will really apologize because I, be- I believe that I value and respect the fact that you came to me at the time of, you know, you came out for me at my time of need. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's just a matter of disrespect. To be honest, I feel like it's just a matter of disrespect. Or I'll generally say that in Africa, we don't respect people's, um, um, what's it called? We don't respect people. We, we're not professional about certain kinds of things, especially when we're borrowing money from someone we call our friends. So yeah, so that's one thing I feel like, you know, people do. It's just a matter of disrespect. It's lack of respect, honestly. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Okay. So something just really brushed through my mind while you were speaking. And I think is for those people who might have that one person who they consider their MMM, quote unquote, <laughs> you consider someone in your family as the source of income for the whole family, right? And then you suck that person dry till they have nothing to hang on their own self. What what do you say about that kind of situation? Uh, I think that if you value your money, you definitely want the person to also make money. I mean, also if the person values um, your efforts, he or she would at some point decide that, okay, let me try and make something for myself. But there's something about discipline. It's really hard, but it's something that we need to inculcate, you know? If you if you are you're, you are the breadwinner of you know the family of your siblings for example and your siblings are of age of working age I'd advise that they get something you know doing you can empower them to get something doing mm. there's some saying that don't don't give me the fish teach me how to get the fish it's important yeah. to actually do that so it doesn't you know weigh you down and then you lose track of your time time is the most valuable asset one can actually have and to actually be able to enjoy time very effectively most times you need money yeah so if at the end of the day i know i have some friends who have been stalling on getting married because his responsibility is to his family and he feels like he needs to bring his younger brother to the uk to study in school mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that financial expense is going to take a toll on him and he doesn't feel like getting married right now mm-hmm. and he's probably 36 now i think i mean 36 or 38 and that's that's the situation of things it's called black tax unfortunately um he he doesn't want to go to the route of scholarship or asking the kids his siblings to fund a certain percentage of yeah. their schooling. So I feel like it's the responsibility of everyone to take care of themselves. Honestly, I feel it is so. Hmm. Because nobody owes you anything. 
if I'm able to support you to a certain extent, then yes, I'm able to support you to a certain extent. Because I have a life to live also. Yeah. I'm not going to work 24 hours a day for you when you are not disabled. It doesn't mm. work like that for me though. So I feel like uh, it's my responsibility if I'm this, in this situation, yeah? It's my responsibility to empower you and make sure that you are, you know, working and make us earn enough to take care of yourself and maybe take care of a couple of other things too. Absolutely. And if I need to support maybe once in a while, I would. As long as you are not disabled. It's fantastic. Important thing or the most major issue that marriages have is not infidelity, it's actually financial. Do you agree? Yes, sometimes it is. is. I mean, like, I don't have that statistic, but yes, I know that there have been um, stories about finances breaking up the marriage. I think that it's something that is, is now becoming a big thing, it's a big deal. Mm. You know, when you have a partner that's not financially disciplined, and you, you are very frugal, it's tough to actually be compatible because you know money, money is like the lifeline of everything. Absolutely. For you to, to sleep in a good house, you need money. For you to take care of your kids, you need money. And if this is going to be a big topic, it's definitely a topic for everything in the yeah. household. So if you're going to be living together, it should be a topic that should be discussed even before getting married. Absolutely. And there are some people who feel like having joint accounts and all whatnot is suitable for the family. I mean, mm-hmm. to each their own. However, money is a very significant thing that could make or break a relationship. Absolutely. So it's something that has been overlooked for a long time and it's really causing a lot of divorces. But I'm not, not certain about the, the figures in terms of ratios and all of that. However, it's very important when it marriages that your partner, to an extent, understands or has a good psychology towards money. If they don't, it's your responsibility to ensure that they do. But the choice is yours to make, however, at the end of the day. Hmm. But it's a key factor. It's a very key factor. Because like I said, you, you, you everything you do in the household is money. Light, yeah. water, rent, kids, school fees, everything is money. Yeah. You get frustrated if you're working so much and your wife spends everything or your husband spends everything on things that are frivolous and it's not as frugal as you are. So the frustration could come into play. You're having kids now. You're wondering how they, they're going to go to the best schools because no, nothing has been sacrificed for them. You know, it's very important. I mean, it's the lifeline when it comes to after love. Yeah. I would say after love yeah. and friendship and relationship. The next thing is money. Because that's what sustains the whole happiness and the family. Sure, absolutely. I, I had a guest speak to me last week on the certain egos that come with women. And one of the things we spoke about was finance. In terms of women who, in, in general, we think have arrived financially. And how she literally would carry herself with an aura of no one can speak to me and no one you know no one is my equal and all of those what would you say is is the thing that hammers on women that behave in that way because in my own opinion i said to him that maybe it's insecurity in the on the part of the woman who probably carries herself in that light because she's finally settled financially what would you say yeah, well, in that case, I would say that it depends on the host of things. I cannot individually say this is particularly what this situation is or that particularly is what that situation is. Um, it depends on individuals. It just it depends on who this person is or, you know, it could be different things. It could be the person's history or, like, family history of making money, maybe in his or her family, um, whoever makes the money you know, makes the most noise or, mm-hmm. you know, make get the most respect. It could be it could be different factors, to be honest. It could be how this person grew up around money. It could be how, you know, who the person is naturally. So it, it to each individual their characters. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily like a one size fits all kind yeah. of um, you know, problem identifier, right? It's not something that you can identify based on general saying that because, you know, yeah, so it could be individual problems. So it's not 
uh, I personally would not feel that it's a, it's a direct um, um, answer to why that behavior exists or why that person behaves in such a way. So, yeah, it's something to be a combination of different factors, to be honest. True that. So, yeah. Mm absolutely yeah great thank you so much for speaking with me today i really had so much fun speaking to you on money matters i know that if we started with money we would not finish all that there is to talk about in terms of money but i'm really glad that we could cover a bit of ground with this conversation hopefully i would have you back to expand on this some more later on in the future i hope i can count on you for that definitely please do just let me know i'm always here awesome thank you so much jessica bye bye guys so this has been such an amazing and amazing conversation with jessica and she shared quite a lot of insight with us i would advise you to please do your due diligence do not take any advice in terms of investment 100%. Make sure that you're checking out all the information that you need to check out and you're crossing all the T's and you're getting answers for all your questions before you invest in any form of investment out there. And also she shared quite a number of books for us to read. I hope that you find them as useful as I will because I've read Smart Money woman and i know it's such an amazing book to read the storytelling is great shout out to the author of that book harese we love you and we thank you for putting that book in the market and making us feel like we can put ourselves in the characters in that book it was really amazing thank you jessica thank you everyone for listening i would love to hear from you what your comments are in the comment session what questions you might have about money or inquiries you may just necessarily want clarity on in the comment session thank you for listening to us as always bye for now